At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of your Charlotte Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's dominating 133-115 to win over the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Hive last night. The Hornets have now won eight of their last nine games, have now made it three straight dubs, improving to 7-2 and two here at Spectrum Center this season. Plenty to get to on today's episode of the HHC because it is also a game day as the Hornets are on the road for the second night of a back-to-back in Houston to take on the Rockets. Plus, we have to talk about LaMelo Ball as well because I am once again joined by Sam Purley, the lead writer of Hornets.com. And Sam, good to see you in person once again. Hornets are now 2-0 and with you doing a podcast in person this season. Starting to come a trend. Hopefully we can keep it going. But yes, thank you for having me. Always good to see you. See you in person. And likewise, coming after a Hornets win, there is nothing better and there will be no silver linings in today's podcast so sorry if you tuned in for that I hope you did not tune into that, but let's go ahead and recap this one as the Hornets improved to 13-8 and eight on the season. Hornets had a different look to them tonight as Mason Plumlee was out due to a calf strain. P.J. Washington made his first start of the season after he recently returned back from a 10-game absence in Orlando on Wednesday. Charlotte led 30-28 to 28 after the first quarter and then opened up the second stanza on an 11-0 run thanks to Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, catch and shoot three on the way. Got another Terry Rozier. Drains the triple. Timeout, Minnesota. The Hornets started the game hot from beyond the arc, going 8 of 15 from three-point land at that point. From there, the Hornets never looked back. Charlotte led by 10 going into the locker room, then expanded that lead to 16 after three quarters of play, as Kelly Oubre already had 27 points by then. Ball sees a double team, runs away from it, fires it under the rim to Kelly Oubre Jr. Catch and shoot three, got another! It's a career-high tying seventh, made three for Tsunami Poppy, Kelly Oubre Jr. 
He's made four in this third quarter alone. Charlotte went on cruise control in the fourth quarter, still putting up 34 points to make it a 113-115 final. Buzz City tied a franchise record with 23 made three-pointers, also set a season high in points scored, 133 of course, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage. James Brago said after the game that it was all just because of ball movement. The ball was moving. You know, we were getting good shots at three. I'll, I'll go back and watch all 40 and just see, you know, how we came up with them. But the unselfish spirit was there. The ball movement was there. And this profile's been there for the last 10 games. It's just tonight it all came together on our home court, everybody making shots, you know, what we scored tonight. So this is the first time we have seen ball movement in, in this type of formula. The ball just went through the net tonight. So that was great to see. I thought Melo got that going early on, just his ability to get downhill, create for others. I love G's aggressiveness. The ball started to move. Terry, PJ, you know, PJ gave us great floor spacing out there, and they just trusted each other. So great team effort. JB hit on a lot of notes there, Sam, mostly because while seven players ended up in double figures, paced by Kelly Oubre's game-high 27 points, outlasting Carl Anthony Towns on the other side with 25. But before we get into our gold stars and a little bit more details, I just want to get your overall thoughts on last night's 133 to 115 W. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more that can be said. I mean, the offense, I mean, it's just clear as day. The offense was just spectacular. I mean, the three-point shooting, I think they had five threes, at least five threes in every single quarter. You had, I think, six guys that hit multiple threes, obviously highlighted by Kelly Oubre, seven off the bench, and I thought was a really big turning point, or it really kind of started shifting the momentum was that second quarter. They outscored the Timberwolves 38 to 30. It was one point less than their season high for any quarter. That bench unit of Oubre had a bunch of big shots there at the end. I thought Jalen McDaniels was really good in this game. Cody Martin had some fantastic defense, particularly on Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. Um, took that 10-point lead into the break, stretched it about 16, and then just took off in the fourth quarter. So when you're hitting 23 three-pointers on 58% shooting, you're not going to lose too many games. And offense was just spectacular. Just one of those nights where every time the ball went up, you felt like it was going in in the fourth quarter. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's basically what happened. Like I mentioned, the Hornets set a season high in three-point percentage. That was 57.5% to be technical. We'll round it up to 58, of course. And the field goal percentage at 55.7 as well. Gordon Hayward with a really good bounce back game. He had 18 points last night. And he said, once again, it was just because of the ball movement and in typical Gordon fashion, did not really take any credit for the win by any means either. Yeah, I mean, I thought we really shared the ball tonight. I and mean, that was good. You know, I thought we, we got inside out. We made the extra pass, got some in transition, you know. So I think when we do that, we just have so many weapons. We have so many guys that can fill it up. We're tough to guard when we share the ball like that. It was good. Definitely too many weapons indeed, Sam. This is one of those ones where you just look at the box score and you're like, oh, everything looks well and dandy. Okay, let's just move on to the next one. But, I mean, there's obviously a lot to talk about. The Hornets led in pretty much every statistical category outside of rebounds, and that was a 45-44 margin, which is pretty darn good considering you got a guy like Carl Anthony Towns on the other side. LaMelo Ball did not get going early. He had no points in the first quarter. He did have six assists and ended up with a double-double, 10 points, 13 assists, also chipped in with six rebounds as well. But one of the bright spots for me, I thought, was P.J. Washington, too. We only saw him for six minutes Wednesday in Orlando, didn't get a lot of run outside of the first quarter, really, and then was asked to step in in a little bit of a tough spot. I mean, second game coming back from injury, ends up only having to play 24 minutes because of the way that the game shook out, but he finishes 6-12 from the floor, 17 points, and a really impressive 5-7 of from beyond the arc. Yeah, I thought it was great to get him some minutes. I think it was kind of tough to kind of 
get him what he needed to do in Orlando, particularly since that game kind of got close in the fourth quarter. But, you know, I thought he was really good. That was a tough assignment on Towns tonight. And they've got a lot of big guys. Nas Reed, Torian Prince are also some big, some big bodies for the Wolves. And I think the best thing was that when the game started to get kind of out of hand in the fourth quarter, they were able to kind of rein it back in. But it allowed P.J. to get a little bit more minutes, um, kind of get that shot. I mean, he shot five of seven from three. You'll take that any day. Again, some of those threes maybe came when the game was out of reach, but it's good to see them falling. And it's going to set up, hopefully, to get P.J. back you know, a little bit more comfortable, I guess, after missing this 10 games with the elbow injury. So yeah, I thought he was really, really good and kind of a unsung hero, particularly on the defensive end, making things at least challenging for Towns on Minnesota's side. When you take a look at the box score, P.J. ends up being a plus 19 positive and a plus minus. Cody Martin only had six points, but he ends up a plus 19 as well. And of course, Kelly Oubre, because of the game high 27 points, was just a sharpshooter from beyond yard. He ends up a positive 21 in the plus minus. The other good news, too, is every single person that was dressed tonight that was available on the big league roster got in, and every person scored as well. That includes James Booknight, who hit a pair of foul shots for his first career NBA points, and Kai Jones getting on the board as well for his first career NBA points. Sam, we got a jam-packed show for us today. Let's go ahead and hand out our gold stars. I will give you first crack at who your gold star goes to. How many gold stars do I get? Do I have 13, 14? Yeah. Well, we could give it to the entire team, it feels Just like. one giant well, gold star? Yeah, one giant gold star on the A-plus worksheet that you got from your teacher growing up, but we'll give you two. We'll do two. Mine are going to go to the bench guys, and I kind of touched on a little bit. I think obviously Kelly Oubre was fantastic. I mean, 27 points off the bench, you know, seven tied a career high with seven threes. I mean, I think he hit three maybe at the end of the third quarter. They kind of hit it like a little bit of a 10-0 run where it started to get a little tight. I could be wrong. Was that one of the quarters? He, there was a 10-0 Hornets run. He had three of the threes, so I lost count because there were too many three-pointers. So I thought he was really good, really, really impactful in that second quarter, helping stretch that lead to 10 at the break. Um, and the other one is going to be Jalen McDaniels. I think Jalen has really quietly been just chipping in a lot this season and his three ball I think he's shooting something like 48 percent on the year on 38 39 attempts um, he finished with 14 points he had a big and one in the fourth quarter to kind of keep the the lead you know far away from Minnesota finished with eight rebounds a season high and Jalen gets bragging rights continues to hold bragging rights because I think now the Hornets are three and oh since the McDaniels brothers have been on the Hornets and the Wolves so congratulations Jalen you get to hold that one in the household a little bit longer so yeah I thought they were really really good the bench unit was tremendous tonight and they those two were front and center at it. And for what it's worth as well, I guess you can consider LaMelo Ball still gets bragging rights over Anthony Edwards, but we won't discuss that any further because that seems to be a hot-button issue on the internet or just on Twitter at least with that said. My gold stars, I am going to go with, I mentioned them already, I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward. I thought that it was a really big bounce-back game for him. He only had one point, like I mentioned, in that Orlando game. He did the little things right in that game. Don't get me wrong, and he was still positive in the plus-minus, but the fact that he was just able to contribute on the score sheet today, got it done defensively as well. He had three blocks to go along with six rebounds and six assists so just filling out the stat sheet as Gordon Hayward typically does and in terms of my second gold star I'm gonna go with Kelly Uber. I think that's kind of the no-brainer here just because of what he's been able to provide this team I know we usually don't like to double up on our gold stars here but I'm gonna do it anyways because I'm the host and I can do whatever I want when Sam Farber is not here we'll just leave it at that but Kelly Uber had a really interesting quote in the postgame press conference yesterday about how when he steps on the floor especially at home how he just tries to perform for the city and for his family and just the way that he is motivated because keep in mind too the Hornets are seven and two at home this season here's what Kelly had to say it's a great you know story of us continuously growing as a program and as an organization and also as a city like you know the city of Charlotte is behind us 100 percent but you know we got to give them something to cheer for we got to give them something to be proud of so you know that's when 
our job is, you know, most important being out there on that court and competing and, or on that field or, you know, in that rink. It don't matter. You know, we're putting on for the city and for our families as well. So as long as we keep it that cohesive family unit, then I think that, you know, it'll, it'll be a beautiful place to play. Sam, I think Kelly Oubre is one of the most down-to-earth people, especially just in the NBA in general. But I thought that was a really interesting quote because we talk so much about how the Hornets have been on the road this season and how they've played well on the road. But at the same time, you still got to perform at home. And they are 7-2 and two this season so far at home with some close losses as well. It's not like they were blowouts by any means. So I just thought that was a really interesting quote. And it's something that we're going to look forward to because, once again, the Hornets have to go on another four-game road trip and are not really home until the calendar flips to 2020. 22. So anytime that the Hornets are able to pick up a win at home, it just feels a little bit more special. Yeah, absolutely. That was a priority coming into this season. I know last year home court advantage was a little bit different with no fans and then half fans. And I forget what the Hornets finished, but it certainly wasn't, I think, where they wanted to be. I think they certainly wanted to make more of an imprint at home and I think got off to a two and two stretch. You had a close overtime loss to Boston, had kind of a maybe a clunker against the Cavs where they fell behind early, but reeled off five straight wins at home. Great crowds. You beat the Knicks, you beat the Warriors, you beat the Wizards, you beat Indiana. I mean, and you just beat a Wolves team that was on a five-game winning streak and playing as well as anybody in the league right now. And so crowd was great. I mean, it was tremendous seeing fans excited. I think it was a sellout. You know, having people do the wave in the third, in the fourth quarter when everything is all those three-pointers. I mean, what, what a show that was. So entertaining. I think it's awesome to hear that from someone like Kelly Oubre, who wasn't on the team last year. And, and just to kind of come into the city and to really be playing well for the Hornets and to kind of feel the energy and the love and the excitement that this franchise and this city is kind of, and this, this team is creating right now in the city is really cool to hear from from a guy that has just joined the team, you know, the way he's been kind of embraced and, you know, bears that responsibility to, you know, we're getting all this support. We need to give it back. So awesome stuff. Uh, it, it's awesome to hear. I mean, hopefully they can, like I said, just keep it going. Hornets have now won eight of their last nine games, eight and two in their last 10, and have now put together a three game winning streak as they head on the road to take on the Houston Rockets tonight. You can, of course, listen to it on the Hornets radio network at eight o'clock, but we still got some other things to get to. Sam Perley had a really good article about LaMelo Ball that came out just a few days ago. We'll discuss that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listen to it on cassette tapes. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. LaMelo Ball takes the contact, lay in, yes, plus the foul. LaMelo Ball getting it done offensively in last night's 133-115 to win. Rob Longo and Sam Perley of Hornets.com with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And like I mentioned, Sam with a really good article going a little bit more in-depth beyond just the game previews and the game recaps earlier this week on Hornets.com. You might have missed it because you were running around with family in town, maybe getting the turkey thought out, that sort of stuff. But it's titled, Let's Make a Steal, LaMelo Ball keeps generating takeaways and Sam the thing that I found really interesting in his story is because of course you are a big analytics guy you're a big hustle stats guy the fact that when LaMelo Ball is on the floor he is accounting for 31.2 percent of the Hornets steals like I mentioned while he's on the floor that's the eighth highest rate in the NBA among players that average at least 30 minutes per game when you think about the steal artist in the NBA I think of guys that come off the bench like a TJ McConnell in Indiana but you have a guy like LaMelo Ball that is not 
horizontally starting, but he's generating fast break opportunities for a Hornets team that already wants to keep a frenetic pace out there on the floor. What were some of the things that you took away from your research while you were writing this article and what really stood out to you that maybe might not have made the cut on Hornets.com? Well, first off, thank you so much for reading it. I will, I'm always super appreciative, even if it is you and you only did it to prep for this interview. So I know that wasn't the mo- sole motivation. But yeah, I just, I thought it was really interesting. I think, you know, through the season plus of having LaMelo Ball here, I mean, the stuff that gets the attention is the shooting, it's the passing, it's even the rebounding now. But I've always been kind of fascinated by the way he's able to read defenses and the steals he's getting for the most part. Guys, you were talking about the, you know, Matisse Stiebel's, the Chris Paul's, the Alex Caruso's, Marcus Smart's. I always feel like those guys for the most part are like really tight on ball defenders that can kind of really kind of suffocate you and just make things you know really cut off those passing lanes and I think for LaMelo for the most part and I didn't go back and track every single steal but he's had so many of these steals where he's just kind of reading defenses either on out of bounds plays or in half court offenses it's just tips he's just tipping the ball to himself or he's tipping it to a teammate and that just is kind of propelling the Hornets in transition and I always I found it kind of fascinating and the one the one example I used was the, in the Knicks game was down a six-point lead with about a minute and a half left. Knicks are inbounding underneath the ball. Randall throws it up down to R.J. Barrett. Ball sees it's going the other way. Perfect one-two, taps it up to himself, goes and gets the rebound, or I guess deflected ball, runs the other way, layup, Hornets seal the victory. And then this didn't make the cut because it happened after the article came out, but that steal in Washington the other night. I mean, Harold grabs a rebound, two-point lead for the Hornets. He just pokes it away. Just sort of that instinct and that timing he has on his passing, I think, is also there on the defensive end, you know, and just to be able to make plays. And the Hornets have been so good in transition and pace and scoring off turnovers this season. To have a guy that can just generate live ball turnovers like that and just, you know, with his length and, and deflection abilities is, I think, a really, really huge benefit and something that I don't necessarily think the Hornets knew they were getting in LaMelo Ball when they draft him. So it's fun. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by that other side of the ball and the playmaking he's able to have. So the benchmark, I want to see two steals. Two steals a game. He's dipped to 1.9. We got to get that back up. Last Charlotte player to average multiple steals a game for a full season, Gerald Wall in 2008. So it's been a long time. One of the things that I always go back to now that you mentioned about just examples of the anticipation that LaMelo does a really good job with is last year on the road at Detroit, end of game scenario, he just kind of deflects an inbounds pass jumps the pass really and then deflects it and throws it off of a Pistons player to get possession and I think that one really sealed the win as well late from what I recall but one of the other examples that you put in this story too was you kind of equated him to a defensive back in the NFL just kind of reading the eyes of a quarterback understanding coverages anticipating where routes would go more or less so anticipating passing lanes really to put it at a basketball level at least but one of the other things too is you know a lot of people don't realize that it's all intertwined and I think you kind of just alluded to that a few minutes ago where LaMelo's vision is really good offensively but it's just as good defensively too and a lot of people don't realize that yeah he picks up a couple of ticky-tack fouls or some fouls early that might get him in trouble but I call them hustle fouls they're kind of fouls that he is trying to make a play and I think as a coach you know you would like a player to kind of pick and choose and I'm not saying LaMelo is at this point but there's almost players of LaMelo's potential I'll say his potential kind of get to a point where I don't want to say 
say they outgrow the coaches, but there's almost a sense where as a coach, you kind of let your player just kind of go and you let him do his thing. I think James Brego does a really good job of kind of walking that line. Like we've seen, you know, LaMelo try the full court passes and most of the time, obviously they work, but sometimes they generate turnovers and that's going to happen when you play at the pace that the Hornets do. But all in all, I think that JB and LaMelo have that same page where, you know, it's not easy to trust a second year guy in the association, but I think that the way that it works and the way that the Hornets system works, it's almost like a match made in heaven. Yeah, that was another component of this. And I think it's there's been kind of a, and it's I think it's improving, especially on the foul front, with James Abrego talking about you've got this player that has this just unteachable gift of being able to kind of read and see things and you need to harness it, but you also have to be smart with it. And I think it's knowing when to kind of give him the green light to go get a steal. Because sometimes if you gamble on these plays and you miss, you're out of position and the other four guys basically can become quickly five on four a little bit, or you can pick up a foul. So it's just about just playing smart, knowing when to kind of gamble. Same thing in football anyway. If cornerback is going to go and make a play on interception, you better make sure you either get it or knock it down because if the guy catches it and you're out of position, he's going to go the other way for a touchdown, So, which can obviously be a lot more of a dramatic consequence in football. So not nearly as bad in, in basketball. So I don't know when this came, but I think through the first eight games – He was averaging almost four fouls, and I don't think he had exceeded three in the previous 11, except one time whenever this came out last week, so three or four games ago. So I think the foul stuff has gotten a lot better. You know, it's just, and then knowing, you know, doing take fouls in transition, knowing I've got two, you know, just it's being smart and just kind of doing, I think he's gotten much, much better at it. But um, yeah, it's it's a just another one of those kind of fascinating things. And the other thing too is, even if he's not getting these steals, I mean, he's top five in the NBA in deflections right now using those long arms. Even if you can just deflect passes away and the offense has to go scramble for that loose ball and they got to reset everything you just burn six or seven seconds off the shot clock I mean that's in itself helps the defense because you've cut some time off the clock where they had to kind of regroup and everything so it's a very very nice weapon to have defensively and has been a huge factor in the Hornets defense trending upwards in the last you know, 9, 10, 11 games, whatever it is. It's titled, Let's Make a Steal, pun intended, of course. LaMelo Ball keeps generating takeaways written by the one and only Sam Perley at Hornets.com. Posted just a few days ago, so go ahead and check it out if you haven't already. It is game day here on the Hornets Hivecast. The Hornets are in Houston for the second night of a back-to-back. We'll preview this one next, right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day you'll also find predictive games mobile food ordering and even a wallet for your nfts download the hornets app today Rob Longo and Sam Perley with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. And Sam, it is a game day edition. The Hornets are in Houston to take on the Rockets. And this is an interesting matchup to me just for a multitude of reasons. The Rockets are just 2-16. and 16. They have the worst record in the NBA, but they did just snap a 15-game losing streak Wednesday at home against Chicago. Houston had eight players in double figures in that one. They had 59 bench points. And of course, they have two days off as well because they haven't played since Wednesday. So this will be their first action post Thanksgiving. So post tryptophan turkey, whatever you want to call it. However, they will be without Jalen Green. He was diagnosed with a strained hamstring yesterday. He will be reevaluated in a week. Of course, one of the top picks in this past year's NBA draft and what could potentially be a budding superstar the way that he is able to score the basketball. But tip is at eight o'clock tonight here on the Hornets Radio Network. Of course, you can check it out on Bally's as well. If you like to put some moving pictures to your words, or you can just listen to the words right here on the Hornets Radio Network. But just your overall takeaways from 
this one, Sam, because it's an interesting one as, you know, this is a scrappy Houston team that is still just trying to find their footing. Obviously, it's a big blow that Jalen Green is not able to suit up for them, but they do have a little bit of confidence now after that win on Wednesday night against a really good Bulls team. Yeah, you said it. I mean, in that Bulls game, too, I kind of looked back on it. They had 17 tied a season high with 17 three-pointers on 47% shooting from three. That was the best thing that's really hurt them this year. I mean, they're last in the NBA in offense. Their defense, I think, is about 18th, so the defense is actually doing pretty well. They just cannot stop turning the ball over. I mean, that's their problem right now, and it just can't score enough, really. Their turnover percentage is 18.4%. The next closest team is two percentage points behind them, which is a huge gap. They're giving up over 23 points per game off turnovers. Next closest team in that category is 18.9. Hornets are seventh in the NBA going into the Wolves game in points scored off turnovers. So I think that's going to be a big area. Force those turnovers, get them running, take the ball the other way, get some easy transition points. But like you said, it's the NBA. Everybody's good. They just got some confidence. That Bulls team, I think, is second in the East right now. They've obviously been very, very talented or had a very impressive you know, season thus far. And the Green not being there is going to be a big loss for them because he's their second leading scorer. 14 points per game. He's had a 30-point game this year. So I think the thing that's challenged them the most this year, like I said, is the offense. They don't have a traditional point guard. It's been Kevin Porter. It's been Eric Gordon. They'll probably get some more minutes. Maybe some DJ Augustine, Jason Tate, and then um, Christian Wood. Obviously, we'll probably get some more usage as well. He's averaging a double-double with a block. So it should be a good one. Don't ignore the record. You know, back-to-back. They have been haven't played since Wednesday night. They've had three days off. So anything can happen on any given night. So hopefully the Hornets can pull it out and make it, what, 9 of 10 in four straight you mentioned it the one thing that I look at in this game is Christian Wood he's a very talented big he gave the Hornets a little bit of some issues last season as well I believe off top of my head that the Hornets did sweep the two game set against the Rockets last year one of them was really convincing I remember the other one was a little bit closer a little bit maybe too close for comfort just based off of the Rockets record last year as considering they were a top five team that drafted this past season but the second night of a back-to-back is a little bit of an issue for me as well Sam but the good news is looking at last night's box score really nobody played more than 30 minutes I mean you had Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier hovering around 29 Cody Martin provided you 28 off the bench Kelly Oubre had 27 but other than that the starters for the most part were able to rest in that fourth quarter. I think they maybe played the first couple of minutes of the fourth frame last night, but they were able to rest a little bit for the most part. But again, at the same time, you got to hop on a plane. You got to fly down to Texas. You got to get to bed late, get up in the morning, probably don't have shoot around. And then you're just kind of off and going to the arena and then you're on to the next one. I mean, I guess that's life in the NBA in general. James Brago said it in his pregame interview with Sam Farber on the Hornets pregame show on Sports Radio WFNZ last night. He said, I would just want people to travel with us for a week just to see what we kind of go through. I know that the Hornets were a little bit late coming out of Orlando on Wednesday. Thank goodness they had, you know, Thursday off to kind of recoup. But, you know, stuff like that happens, obviously. Just travel schedules aren't always exact times like you would hope that they would be. Teams get in a little bit later than they normally would and vice versa and that sort of thing. But, again, second night of a back-to-back is the thing that always scares me a little bit, Sam. But I think that the fact that the Hornets had the fourth quarter off for the most part last night definitely helps. In terms of matchups, what are you looking at for the most in this one? I think, you know, we don't know Mason Plumlee's availability. His game time decision against the Wolves clearly didn't play. It started PJ Washington, who we spoke, I thought played really, really well and got some much needed low pressure kind of burn I guess in the fourth quarter was able to get the shot going a little bit so I like that PJ Washington if he starts at center again against Christian Wood because I think Wood is he can stretch the floor a little bit he's not shooting particularly well this year I think he's actually last in 
field goal percentage amongst the 21 qualified centers. He's only shooting 44%. He shot 51% last year. I think a lot of that has to do with just sort of the offense around him and the turnovers and just not having as many shots. So he's still a real talent. He's a great rebounder, averages 11 boards a game. I have to think that's probably close to the league lead. 16 points. And again, with no green, I think Wood is going to be, you know, kind of their guy. Similar play style to PJ, two kind of lengthy, small ball fives that can stretch the floor. So I'm excited to see what PJ can do. You know, he got his feet wet in Orlando, took a little bit of a jump, and hopefully we can get back to seeing the normal, you know, everyday kind of defensive minded floor stretching PJ Washington that we've been accustomed to seeing the last uh, couple years here. It seems like when the Hornets run into a situation where they match up well in terms of size, where they don't have, you know, a seven foot two guy like Rudy Gobert going against them or anything like that, and they have a little bit of a small ball five guy, I would take this lineup with anybody throwing out a small ball lineup just the way that it's constructed with PJ Washington at the stretch five. But for the most part, in terms of what I'm looking for in this one, I want to see how Gordon Hayward responds once again on the second night of a back-to-back. Again, he had a really good game last night, 18 points, especially compared to that game Wednesday in Orlando. But one of the things that we have heard from James Borrego before the season started was there might be some days built into the calendar where Gordon gets a little bit of a rest. And I know it's still early in the season. I know it's the second night of a back-to-back and he only played 27 minutes last night, but I'm interested to see if he gets any sort of extended run in this one tonight. But again, the bench picked up a ton of minutes last night. Kelly Oubre, of course, going off for 27 points. He played 27 minutes because he had the hot hand so that certainly helped. Jalen McDaniels provided you with 20 plus off the bench and Cody Martin with 20 plus off the bench as well. So once again, Hornets now at 13 and 8 on the season as the Rockets are 2 and 16 on the season but like Sam said and like I said anything can happen any night in the NBA as the Hornets will look to make it 4 straight wins tonight in Houston. Sam Purley of Hornets.com thank you for stopping by once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you and real quick before I get off. This is just coming across the wire. Greensboro Swarm, first win of the season. Congrats to head coach Jordan Surenkamp. Overtime win on the road against the Texas Legends. Big nights from Vernon Carey, 27 points, 14 rebounds. Joe Teeley, 18 points, 13 assists, 21 from JT Thor. So, long time coming. Congrats to those guys. I know it's been kind of a tough start to the season, but good to see them get on the board. It is a Hornets Swarm double win night. we got to come up with a name for that. Real quick, just to go on that note, in my underground, when we go out and travel with the men's and women's basketball teams, if they ever swept a doubleheader because again it's division three everybody plays doubleheaders on the road when the teams would go out and sweep doubleheaders they would stop for ice cream on the bus ride back home so are we gonna go stop for ice cream sam i'm probably going home but if you want to stop we'll call it the, we'll call it the ice cream ice cream double ice cream game moving forward we'll we'll, we'll see if we can get a sponsorship tie-in or something like that but i like it yeah but uh awesome it's it's you know especially seeing the hornets guys down there we can probably dissect it in the uh i think they're playing again tonight or on monday but yeah awesome for those guys i mean all in all very good night for the organization and let's just keep it rolling. I think I got some ice cream in my fridge, so I will go with that as well. Well, freezer, of course, but at any rate, we will talk about that here in the near future on a Hornets Hivecast. Myself and Sam Farber will break tonight's game down after the completion of this one for tomorrow's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. So for Sam Purley, I'm Rob Longo saying so long and thank you for stopping by once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.